Now, I'm, I'm a little nervous today. Um, we've got, got some special visitors today. Got to be on my best behaviour because my, my mum is in the room. Oh, yeah, yeah, give her a hand. Um, hello, Mum. That wasn't her dog, no, no. We've got, there's plenty of other dogs at our place. That wasn't our dog, but I don't know. Um, mum, mum knows just about as much as what the rest of you know is what goes on in this church because she listens to my sermon every week. And so... Um, she's going to be listening to it again and, and um, she's, she's my number one fan, I think, isn't um, But it's good to, be, good to be here, Mum. And can I also say that I've got my brother and his wife with us as well, all the way from Harvey Bay. So Ian and Nicole. Yep. Nicole's on staff at Harvey Bay Baptist Church. I, I like doubly best behaviour today, isn't it? So... Yeah, there you go. So, and, and you've come at this time when we are at the final week of this series called Shape. And uh, so with the last two weeks, we've been looking at this whole concept of what does it mean, um, the way in which God has made us in the various aspects of gifts and passions and abilities and personalities in our experiences. So that's what we've called Shape. And it's based on a book by Eric Rees, uh, just simply called Shape. And uh, it's been a great opportunity. One of the things I like about this, uh, this book and the, and the content and the concept is that we're more than just our spiritual gifts, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We're more than just, you know, what we can do in the natural, in our abilities. But in all of the various things that God has given us, and in this book, they flesh this out with S for spiritual gifts, H for our heart or our passions, A for our abilities, P for our personality and E for our experiences. All of those together help shape us into the people that we are. And I, I think it's been a great opportunity for us over the last two weeks, finishing it up today, to consider all of these things. So two weeks ago, we sort of introduced the whole concept and talked about spiritual gifts. Now, if you weren't there on that day, we've got some study guides out in the foyer, you can grab one of those and it gives you a bit of a, a guide and a lead as to the various spiritual gifts contained within this book and for you to consider. And then last week we looked uh, at uh, our heart or our passions and our abilities and if you've got a bit of a question mark about all of that, well, uh, week two of our study guide is also out in the foyer and you can grab a hold of that which helps lead you through all of this. And so today, as we pull this all together, SHA, we're going to finish off with P, our personality, and E, our experiences. And I think it's just wonderful for us to consider all of that. Now, here's the exciting bit in all of this. I hope you all got a study guide, week three study guide. We're going to follow through that today. And on the back, there's a QR code. We all know about QR codes, don't we? And if, if you wave your mobile phone over the top of that, it will take you to a great little online discovery tool that has been personalised just for us here at Lismore Baptist Church that can guide you through with the various questions and considerations with regard to your spiritual gifts, your heart, passions, abilities, personalities and experiences. And it'll take about 30 to 40 minutes to, to go through. 
Now, if you're a bit unsure about how to use your mobile phone, there's also a, a link. You can type a link into a computer. Or if you're going, I don't even like that. Look, we've even got a third option. We've got it in hard copy, paper, right? And there's a number of those copies out there where you can take that and fill it out to your heart's content. Now, why are we doing this? Well, it's not just sort of because, you know, we want to keep you busy and all of this, but we want you to think and consider how has God shaped you? Not just as an individual, but also how we shaped us all together, how we all fit together to serve God together. Now, is that a good thing? That we're all understanding who we are and the, the part of the body that we fit into and together we serve God in the way that he has designed. Now, I'm going to give you three options as you look at that online discovery tool. You can just do it to your heart's content and keep all of that information to yourself or just look at the, the hard copy or whatever. The second option, and it'll ask you that question at the very end of the online experience, it'll ask you, would you like Lismore Baptist Church to keep your information on the database so that we've got an understanding of your shape? Does that make sense? The third option you can, you can click on at the very end is, I would, I'm happy for Lismore Baptist Church to keep this information on their database, but I'd like to have a maybe an interview with some of the church leadership to help discover how I can best serve at Lismore Baptist Church. One, two, three. That's very straightforward. That will be, that's also contained on your hard copy as well as uh, if you do the online component. That's not too complicated, that makes sense? Okay. So let's dive into the last two uh, concepts of shape. And if you've got your week three, week three study guide, you can follow along. Hopefully you've all got one. If you didn't get one, zip out into the foyer, grab one of those, there's plenty available there. We're going to kick off with our personality. I don't need to tell you that we've all got a personality. Don't think some people have got personalities and some people have got zero. We've all got a personality, but the thing about it is all of our personalities are different. And that's, that's a good thing, isn't it? What would it be like if we all had the same personality? Boring, or it could be just absolute chaos, depending on the, what personality that may be. So... In some ways, isn't it marvellous the way God has not only designed us to look differently, different spiritual gifts, different passions, different abilities, he's given us different personalities that complement all of those other attributes. God was thinking about that. We weren't. God was thinking about how they'd fit together. Now, I think one of the best places to start in all of this is the Bible is chock full of stories of people and people with different personalities. Have you ever thought about that? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to use just four, four characters in the Bible just as a basic example, but there are literally hundreds and hundreds of people in the Bible and they've all got these different personalities. But just to give you just an example. So I've picked up Peter, Paul, Jeremiah and Moses. Now, those Bible passages are also in your study guide so you don't have to write it down. You know I don't know if anybody's watched the, the, the Chosen video series. And basically, the Chosen video series is basically, um, it's a, 
it's a compilation of stories from the Bible and giving a really human side to the, to the disciples. And all of the disciples have got these really unique personalities and they bounce off one another and they're in conflict with one another and you see them all in a unique way. And I think this chosen has video series has, has really, I, I guess, magnified the opportunity to sort of see how different everybody in the Bible is. But I'm going to give you a little bit of an example. So if you've got your Bibles or you can have a look up here on those, on those passages, let's have a look at Peter, the Apostle Peter, in Luke 22:33, and there's plenty of other examples uh, of Peter in the, in the New Testament, Peter replied to Jesus and he said, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Peter was like that, wasn't he? He just, just compulsive. I'm going I'm to do this. I'm going I'm to be here. I'm going to do that. Some people call that like a sanguine type of personality. He's, he's optimistic. He's positive. He's hopeful. Now, the problem with all of that is they can be a little bullish, can't they? They're just running off ahead. Was that Peter running off ahead? Peter? He can be quite inspiring, but he can also have unreal expectations, as we see here. He had very unreal expectations here, because what happened very soon after that, he denied Jesus, didn't he? So, wonderful personality, strengths and weaknesses. We need these type of people, don't we? Isn't it great to be around optimistic people? Not too many of them, by the way, but it's good to be around some of them. What about, what about the Apostle Paul? Let's have a look at the Apostle Paul. Now, once again, there's dozens and dozens of examples. I've just pulled out one. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. The Apostle Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have I already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Sometimes people call this personality like a choleric type of personality. It's, it's active, very, very focused. The, the positive side of this is they, they get the job done. And you know that with Paul, the Apostle Paul did an enormous amount. He was incredibly focused on what he had to do. Not like Peter who gets distracted. He was very focused. The negative side of all of that is these sort of people can get very hot-headed because they're so focused they don't notice other things around about them. We need these type of people, don't we? We need focused people. True? Paul. Let's, let's go to Jeremiah. Don't we love Jeremiah? Where do we go with Jeremiah? Well, I've got one passage in Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 20 and 21. This is in the Old Testament, many years ago, many years before Peter and Paul. And here's an example here of Jeremiah. He says, The harvest is past, the summer has ended. And we are not saved since my people are crushed. I am crushed. I, I mourn and horror grips me. That's, that's your melancholy personality. Serious, thoughtful. They think incredibly deeply. But they can also be anxious and unhappy people as well. But they are incredibly valued because we need people who think deeply. We need people who are reflective. We, we, we need these sort of people who bring a balance to, the, to the, the Peters in the world. We don't want Peters running off all over the place, doing this, doing that. We need a Jeremiah that just goes, hang on, let's consider this for a moment. We need the Jeremiah-type people. Now, 
this one um, could go anywhere because Moses, I've, I've picked Moses, he's a, quite a complex personality because we see different changes within his, his lifetime. But we notice for Moses, and I've picked Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, there's a time when Moses just withdrew and for 40 years just spent time as a farmhand until he got met God in, at the burning bush. And we read in this particular passage in verse 11, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? This is sort of a phlegmatic, sort of calm and person. It's, he's quite reasonable and he's thinking, the reason is that I don't think I'm good enough to do all of this. So I'm just, just going to sit with that for a moment. They can tend to be quite passive people. But we need these type of people who are calm and persistent and are willing to consider the next steps in all of this. Can, can we see? Now, like I said, this is, this is a five-minute expose through the whole Bible of just four personalities, four very different personalities. Have I made the point that God has made us very differently for different purposes and when we all fit together, it's just a marvellous tapestry? We can all agree with that. And we see that in the Bible. We see that in the world around us. But we also see it here at Lismore Baptist Church. Different personalities all working together for God's glory. Which one are you? Which one do you relate to? Peter? Paul? Jeremiah? Moses may be one of the other characters, particularly resonates. You read the story about him, you go, oh, I can really identify with that person. That's probably a good indicator of maybe the type of person that you are. And I think my, my prayer has been that as we go through these, these three weeks of this series and continue on with this discovery tool is that we spend some time reflecting on the way God has wired us. What I really like is, is um, a quote from Rick Warren and he said this regarding this, he says, like stained glass, our different personalities reflect God's light in many colours and patterns. Like stained glass. It's, it's kind of us, isn't it? Lismore Baptist Church. We look at our logo and I go, we're all sort of part of this whole spectrum of colours that reflect the light of God. So what I want to do is I just want to go through a few different personalities. I just want you to get, just think about it. Now, once again, they're all, they're all listed on the third page of your study guide. So you don't have to jot anything down or anything like this. If I was going to mention all of these, let's just see how you resonate. And maybe what you'd like to do is, if you've got a pen with you, you might want to circle one of them or whatever. But when you go to the online discovery tool, that'll give you an idea about you know, where you'll go with all of that with regard to responding to questions. Is that, is that okay? Everyone's already up to the third one now already, are you? Okay, let's go. First one, outgoing or reserved? Outgoing or reserved? Think about it. You look for ways to be part of the crowd or you build deep relationships with just a few? With a few individuals as opposed to many people. You can start conversations with people you don't know or you hesitate being part of a large group. Where do you sit in all of that? 
think about when you go to a party or a large group of people where do you sit and how do you respond both are important it's important to have outgoing people but it's also important to have people who sit and observe and watch where do you sit there now sometimes it's not at this end of the spectrum or that sometimes we can be a little bit in the middle that's okay it's important to reflect and quite often those particular personality traits sink into the particular spiritual gifts that we talked about two weeks ago that that help us things like mercy gifts maybe more for people who are reserved and 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 so on what about the next one self-expressive or self-controlled can you share your feelings freely with those you've just met or do you withhold your thoughts and feelings from others at certain times do you seek opportunities to share your life with others or do you hold your cards closer to your chest that only a few individuals can truly know me where do you sit there now once again there's no right or wrong answers it's not like you've got a right personality and you've got a wrong personality because let me tell you what would it be like if the whole church was full of self-expressive people Pooh, imagine that that would be chaotic wouldn't it so we need we need that balance okay next one cooperative or competitive do you focus on making sure people are okay when you're around them you, you focus on the people or do you find importance in achievements do you embrace conflicts and enjoy winning or do you look for ways to make others content where do you sit there once again we need both and i know some people will go well shouldn't we all be cooperative and is it good to be competitive well when i talk about competitive is there are times when we need to get things done we need to move forward and there's other people who go no we need to be working with the people we need to sit with the people and make sure they're okay there's a time for this and there's a time for that isn't there some people excel more in that area and some more in the other area oh this is good what about this one high risk or low risk which one are you do you avoid too much change or do you relish chaotic environments do you thrive when the risk is low or do you become motivated when you have the chance to overcome obstacles in order to achieve success which one are you now think about this peter the apostle peter was a high risk person wasn't he here's jesus walking on the water and who's the first one that goes man i'm in i'm out of the boat and i'm that I, I don't know about you but i think that's high risk he probably didn't even think about it much did he he's straight in there and you, you can compare it to someone like thomas you know thomas wasn't there when jesus had risen and he was there and he's going i'm not going to take the risk in believing unless i can really see it for myself you know thomas now that's okay but Thomas was one of these people who said, I, I, I need to think about these things. We need high risk, but we also need people who carefully consider. Where do you sit there? What about this one? People or projects? Now, some of you go, this is an interesting one because shouldn't we all be about people? Do you embrace opportunities that impact people directly? Or do you look for ways to complete projects? 
Do you enjoy orchestrating and coordinating many projects or do you find fulfillment when I'm able to work with someone one-on-one or in a small group? Where do you sit? Now, to a certain extent, we're going, well, shouldn't we all be about people? Yes, we should all be about people. But some people are, are, are just got a personality that just gathers people around, that just loves to sit with people and encourage people. The problem is if we didn't have anybody who had strengths in, in projects, we'd probably just sit in a huddle. We probably wouldn't go anywhere, but we'd enjoy sitting with one another. So can you see the benefit of both project-driven people but also people-driven people? The next one's quite straightforward. Follow or lead. Do you follow or do you lead? And some do a combination of both. Do you find yourselves in position of leadership or do you feel comfortable when you can follow someone else? Do you impact others with your life through your leadership or do you receive fulfilment by helping others find success? That could be an interesting one because some of us will lead in some areas of our lives and follow in others. So that can be a little bit more complicated than just a straight yes or no. What about this one? Team or solo? Do you enjoy working within a team environment? Do you look for opportunities that allow you to become solo? Do you become energised by being around others or do you work most effectively when you're alone? Now some of you will sort of say, well, shouldn't we all be team people? true we should all be team people but think about where do you do your most effective work some people love being a team and you know cooperating and and operating with different dialogue and suggestions or whatever and other people go look i'll withdraw and i will work on some stuff and i'll come back to the team because i prefer to consider things on my own nothing nothing wrong with that consider where you sit in all of that Last one, routine or variety? What do you like? I begin one, many projects at the one time. I can go with lots of variety, lots of things happening at the one time, or I find it's far better if we've just got one thing happening at a time. Other people will have high capacity and, and they can you know, spin many plates, so to speak. Where do you sit there in the routine of variety? As you've got this study guide in front of you, consider those because I think what this does is it also helps us as we look at our total shape to see where our personality fits in with the abilities, personalities, our passions and our spiritual gifts. Now, I just want to give you a, a word of warning in all of this. We are people that are marked by sin. We're saved by grace we're still in, 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 a, in a body that is marked by sin. And so sometimes we can use our personalities as, as excuses. You know, I'm a solo person, so I don't want to be part of a team. Or, you know, I love routine, so I don't want to be involved with people who like variety. Or I, you know, and we can, we can use our personality. The, the key thing to remember in all of this, and I think 1 Corinthians 12... 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul talks about us all being part of a body that's made up of various parts, hands and feet and legs and arms and eyes and nose and mouth and ears. We're all part of that. And the only way we can operate effectively is when we're part of, the, part of that body, isn't it? And so we shouldn't use an excuse. We shouldn't project our personality onto others. So say, well, this is what I'm like. Why aren't you like that? Because God's wired us differently. 
And I think the more that we can step back and see ourselves as this functioning body of different and various parts, I think we grow to appreciate others more. And I, I certainly grow to appreciate you, and I hope you, you hear that. I, I really appreciate you as, as a folk, because I tell you what, what would it be like if you're all like me? Hmm. Bigger the thought. It'd be, <laughs> be awesome. Be a bit, bit monodimensional. Yeah, but that's right. We, we need everybody functioning in their various ways that complement one another. I couldn't do this without you. And you couldn't do it without the others. And all together, we function as a body. Do you ever think about that? Eyes, ears, nose, mouth, hands, feet, every day, doing a coordinated thing every day, functioning, working in all of that. You don't even think how they work together, do you? How good is it? That's the church. Personalities. Experiences. It's our last part of shape. It's the last but not the least. And the longer we have lived, the more that we gain in all of this. There was an 18th, uh, in the 1800s, a a Danish theologian, uh, Soren Kierkegaard, said this. He said, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. The longer you live... I think the more that you can resonate with that, hey? We look back and we see what God has done. And he uses all of our experiences, both positive and negative. And I want you to think back over your life, your painful and enjoyable experiences. Much has shaped who you are today. Childhood joys and sorrows the pain and thrill of adolescence, the struggle and accomplishments of our adulthood. Paul reminds us of this in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Most of us would know this passage. Paul writes, We know that in all these things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all of these things, both positive and negative... And I think there are times when we need to step back for a moment and consider, God, what, is it, what are those experiences that I've, you've given me over my lifetime, both positive and negative? And it'd be almost like, and in Eric Rees' book, Shape, he says, imagine you're walking down a hallway of an art gallery and there's all of these portraits up on the wall of your life. Positive portraits, painful portraits but they're all there and you walk down that hallway and you observe each one of those you ask this question God how have you shaped me through these experiences how have you shaped me through these experiences I've been thinking about that this, this week and um, I'm glad Mum and Ian and Nicole are here. I'm, um, I had a great positive experience when I was eight years of age when um, I had the opportunity with my family um, to go up to Papua New Guinea and, and see my uncle on a mission field 
um, as an eight-year-old up in the highlands of Papua New Guinea. Wasn't that right, Mum? You can fact-check that with Mum a little bit later if you like. Transformative experience as an eight-year-old to see my uncle on the mission field. Positive experience. A few years later, Ian and Nicole and Angie and myself were in full-time music ministry. Most of you would know that. First year we're in full-time music ministry, Angie's dad died. We'd stepped out in faith and he passed away. A painful experience is just step out in faith. The next year of full-time ministry, brother-in-law seriously ill in Adelaide Hospital for months. The year after that of full-time ministry, my dad died. Painful portraits of stepping out in, in full-time ministry in and you ask the question what, am I doing something wrong what am I doing and yet you look back on that now and you see those both positive and, and painful shape us we're aware of that we, we, we hand that over to God and he works in and through that we, we see this as, as Paul Paul writes and I'm not going to read the whole passage but in 2 Corinthians some of you will be aware 2 Corinthians chapter 11 Paul recounts his experience. It's almost like he's walking down a hallway and looking at his portraits. And in 2 Corinthians 11, he says, I've done hard work. I've been in prison. I've been flogged. I've been beaten with rogs. I've been pelted with stones. I've been shipwrecked. I was lowered in a basket from a window. And in other parts of, the, of his letters, he's talked about how he's planted churches. There's positive portraits, led people to Christ, wrote letters. You can imagine Paul walking down the hallway of his life, observing all of those incredible portraits that has helped shape who Paul became. Find it interesting, he gets to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, and he wraps this all up by saying this. He says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardship and in persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am, I am weak then I'm strong. He, he sees the hand of God over his whole life and, and shaping him so that he can look at that and say, praise God for what he has done in and through me through these experiences, both positive and negative. If Paul can do that, can we? Can we? So imagine... Imagine walking down a hallway and all of the portraits of your life are right there in front of you. And I'm, I'm going to give just, just a few little indicators and we'll be looking at that as we, as we go through the, the, the discovery tool. Some positive achievements. They might be personal achievements. They could be vocational um, achievements. You know, did well at our work and got promoted. They could be relational ones, good friendships. We look back over good friendships and and our, our spouse, relational achievements, um, educational, um, you know, we've done really well at school maybe and, and got a degree or diploma, spiritual achievements, it could be our baptism, leading someone to faith, sharing in a church or serving in some ways. But along with that, there will be painful portraits in our personal points of pain. It could be our health, it could be failures in life, vocational it could be getting sacked or made redundant in our relational it could be in conflict or abuse educational it could be 
the failure in our educational um, setting or being overwhelmed or in the spiritual it could be backsliding doubt oppression spiritual warfare or the like I am aware that for many of us as we consider our past it, it can bring up difficulties points of pain and I want to try to encourage you in all of that and I've just picked one particular passage that I hope will, will bring some perspective in all of this and Psalm 23 we know Psalm 23 and in verse 4 David writes this he says even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff comfort me so even though we may have gone through incredible painful experiences the reminder is here that we don't go through them on our own can I ask you at this moment just to just to pause and, and I think it would probably be helpful if you closed your eyes and if you closed your eyes and just imagine you're walking down this, this hallway and you're looking up at these portraits and you see positive portraits, positive stories, times when you were really alive, God really did something special. We rejoice in that. And we say, thank you, God, that you've given me that experience to help shape me into the person that I am today. But we look onto the other side of the wall and we see other portraits. And they're portraits of pain difficult times in our life these are portraits we don't want to look at or we try to push to the back of our mind but we take a moment to look at each of those painful portraits portraits of disappointment portraits of death Anxiety, depression, but we want to remind ourselves, I thank you Heavenly Father that you were with me through those times. Your rod and your staff they comforted me. And even though I walked through that darkest valley, I thank you that I were not alone. But Heavenly Father, I thank you that it wasn't just a portrait of a story that I needed to endure 
but you led me through that darkest valley in order to shape me into the person that I am today. And I needed to remind myself of that. As you've looked at all of those portraits, and probably more will come to mind later on, are you willing to frame them all in the passage of Romans 8, 28? Romans 8, 28. We know that in all of these things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Can you apply that passage to your portraits? And what I want to do now is recognise in any of this, if anything is worthwhile if anything is good or if anything is lovely it's because of Jesus isn't it and the most profound and stark portrait of Jesus is that of him of hanging on a cross a painful portrait yes but it was a necessary portrait was it not that he would deal with our sin and deal with our separation on the cross. And God would use that portrait to bring us into a relationship with him. And so we've also got this other portrait of an empty tomb, a powerful, positive portrait that Jesus is alive. True? I reckon we should hang those two portraits in our hallway because that's part of our story as well, isn't it? So what I want to invite you now is we're going to conclude this time by sharing in communion. Doesn't matter whether you belong to this church or not. Doesn't matter what age you are. If you love Jesus, you're welcome to join with us the portrait of the crucified yet risen Christ who's taken our experiences and has shaped us into the people that we are today. So I encourage you all to take a biscuit representing the body of Christ and drink from the cup which represents the blood of Christ and together we eat and drink together and identify with the death and the resurrection of Jesus those painful and yet profound transforming portraits of Jesus. You're all welcome. Whether you're a member or not, no matter what age you are, I invite you to come, take and eat. And as you make your way back to your seats, we will, we will drink together and remember what Christ has done. And as we do that, I'll go right back to the very beginning of this sermon series. Reading from Ephesians 
2, chapter 10, where Paul writes this. He says, for we, we, that's us here, Lismore Baptist Church, we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of us so that we could walk in them. That's us. We're his masterpiece.